New Hope Outreach Ministries, making a difference by taking the gospel from word to action. And now, today's message. All the time, God is good. Amen. I was out for the last um, two Sundays dealing with a crazy migraine, but we thank God that um, anything that happened is only for a season, amen? And thank God for all you guys there for the cards and texts and all the good stuff for the birthday wishes and all that good stuff, and we appreciate that very much, and, and thank God for, for six or seven years, amen? Six or seven years, and we thank God for that, and so we, uh, we're going to catch Geneva for long. So she, if she can just put herself on pause, I'll catch her. But I'm not so sure I can do that. So she keep moving, so she keep getting ahead of me. So, But if she just stop and slow down and for a few minutes, we'll be able to do it. You know, I just want to let you know, guys, that how much I appreciate our church family and how much we really, truly love each one of you guys. And I know we don't have uh, no 10,000 people um, in this particular church, but I just want to let you know how much we appreciate each and every one of you guys because um, you guys mean a lot to each um, to me and Hilda and I, and we just want to let you know that we just thank, thank the world of you guys. And any way we can help assist 24-7, you guys know we don't run a, uh, a eight-hour church uh, for eight-hour um, when it comes to our hours of operation. Anytime you guys need to call us, and we know you won't do it, but whatever, but anytime you need to contact us 24-7, our phone, cell phones never, uh, never turn off because we're just not, we don't run a office hours per se. I know people probably listening and say, man, that's crazy, but um, ministry is just not eight hours. Ministry is 24 hours by the grace of God. And so we know for a fact um, stuff just don't happen between the hours of eight and four. Stuff happens all times of nights and whatever. And we're just so thankful and considered to be an honor to be able to serve and to be able to serve each one of you. And we know for a fact that you guys feel the same way about us. And so we're just so thankful to be able to, to do that. And thank God for where he's brought us from and, and where he's taken us to. Because, you know, a few weeks ago, we couldn't even hardly even stand by the grace of God. But look where we are now. And look what, what God is doing. So he's constantly doing great things for us. And so there's, there's more to come. and need them greater things to come by the grace of God. And the most important thing, don't beat yourself up when things happen to you. Um, you like the book of Proverbs said, if a righteous man fall, what? Seven times, what did he do? He gets back up. Don't let the, the devil beat you up and kick you in your face, throw dirt on you and say, hey, it's over. It's not over until it's over by the grace of God. You just pick yourself up, wipe yourself off and dust yourself off and say, hey, look, I'm still in it to win it by the grace of God. You knock me down, you knock my teeth out, but guess what? Knock the, 
knocked the blood out my, my nose, but guess what? I'm still in the fight. I'm, not, I'm giving in, but I'm not giving up by the grace of God. By the grace of God. So I'm still in it. You done tore my shirt off me and, and ripped my clothes off me. Guess what? I'm still fighting. I'm, I'm not giving up. And that's the way you got to be when it comes to, you got to be, you got to be aggressive. You can't stop. You can't stop. And don't let things get to you by the grace of God. Because too many people are giving up, quitting, you know, well, I just, I just can't make it, you know. I mean, I done missed it and whatever, whatever and stuff like that. Sometimes you're going to fall. We're not saying that you should fall, but if you do fall, don't let that be the end by the grace of God. Call somebody. Get somebody on the phone and say, look, I, I missed it. I blew it, but I need some help. Can you help me by the grace of God? And God can help you by the grace of God, and he'll be able to be able to get you back on the right road. This morning, we want to talk to you about getting discouraged on the path. A lot of times, you're going to get discouraged along the way. Some things are going to happen to you, going to cause you to get discouraged. But just because you get discouraged don't mean you have to stay discouraged by the grace of God. Amen? I reminded um, about the, uh, there's just a, a little story about Satan. He had a, a going out of business sale. Which, which, like I said, is just a story. It's not true, but it's just a point they want to make. He had a going out of business sale, and he said had um, had peace on the shelf for seven dollars. Then they had love on the shelf for eighty dollars. He had peace on the shelf for a hundred dollars. Had line on the shelf for a hundred dollars. And then he had discouraged, discouraged on the shelf for $500. And somebody asked him, said, well, Satan, why you got discouragement on the shelf for $500? He said, with discouragement, I can make a lie, I can make a man lie. With discouragement, I can make a man give up. With discouragement, I can make a man lose his peace. With discouragement, I can make a man stop loving. So discouragement is one of the highest things on the market because if I can get a person discouraged, I can make him do whatever I want him to do. And this is one of the things that the enemy wants to do and try to make you do is to try to get you to become discouraged. If he can make you become discouraged and whatever, and that's one of the things that he's, he's notorious for, anytime the same thing happens in the church, he always is going to try to get you to become discouraged first. And looking at, well, look at how they, look how they treat you. Look what they said to you. Look where they talk to you, whatever. Look what they said to you, whatever. And all these things lead to discouragement. And then he's going to start putting those thoughts in your mind about, man, I wouldn't take that. I, I don't think they should have said that and whatever. And then you let that stuff set that and marinate in your mind. Before you know it, you're going to want to quit and give up. And want to go back to your old way of life, your old way of doing things. Well, they don't like you anyway. If they, were, if they would have liked you, somebody would have called you or whatever. They wouldn't have said what they said to you or whatever. They wouldn't have talked to you the way they talked to you or whatever. You've seen the way they looked at you. You've seen the way they talked to you or whatever. And see, and people let that stuff get in their heads. And, and when you start looking at that type of stuff, he's going to magnify it or whatever. And before you know it, you become discouraged. And then you, you call people up and say, are you okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. Lying like a rug, and they're saying that they're fine. They know they're not fine. They know that not everything is not all right. 
But this is a way of getting discouraged. And the longer you stay out there by yourself in that condition, you will continue to stay out there. And once you stay out there by yourself like that, and you stay out there by yourself long enough, he's going to allow you to get involved with other people. And those are the type of people going to take you down the wrong way. If you got your Bible this morning, turn with us to the book of Numbers, if you will. Discouragement can be, can be a monster if you allow it to be. And we don't want to become, allow yourself to become discouraged. And if you do become discouraged, you can walk away from it and overcome it by the grace of God. Numbers chapter 21, verse 3 and 4. If you got your Bibles, if you will, this morning. He said, And the Lord hearkened unto the voice of Israel and delivered, and delivered up the Canaanites, and they ultimately destroyed their cities and called the name of the place Hormon. And they journeyed from Mount Hor, by the way of the Red Sea and compassed the land of Edom. And the, soul, and the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning, what you're going to share with us this morning. And we thank you for what you're going to share with us. And we pray, Father, that your word will not return void, but it will accomplish and prosper in the, in the place in where to you send your word. And we pray, God, that you will open our eyes up that we may see, open our ears up that we may hear. And the Holy Spirit, we pray for illumination. We pray for understanding of your word this morning. And we pray, God, for not for just, just information, but, Father, we pray for revelation in Jesus' name. And we thank you for what you're going to do and the things you're going to prepare and say to us this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The path that when, when the children of Israel left Egypt, they had no idea the things that God had prepared for them on their way to the promised land. Only thing they remember and recall was they was headed to the promised land. And when many of us got saved, we had no idea what path that God was going to take us down. And many times when God, when many times when God leads us and guides us and directs us, He don't always give us the details. And many times He don't give us the details because we don't need to know all the details. Because if we knew all the details, many of the details will cause us to worry, cause us to get frustrated, and cause us to get upset, and cause us to quit, and many times give up. Because many times we get overwhelmed, or we become overwhelmed. You know, I remember one time Hilda's dad, he said, he made a comment. He said, if a man knew exactly what he would have to do in his lifetime, he probably would give up and quit before he even gets started. And I believe that is true. And so the children of Israel, when once they left Egypt, God had them on a path. And like he does each one of us, he's, he got your life on a path. Now, he don't make you stay on the path, but he leads and guides you on the path that he wants you to be on. Now, it's up to you to stay on the path that he wants you on. Now, the children of Israel was on the path heading toward the promised land. Now, the path that God had them on was to take them 
to the promised land. But now Edom, Edom was a place that was, was not a shortcut to the promised land, but was a long cut. And the reason why he didn't want him to go through Edom was because, remember in the book of Joshua, those of you taking notes in the Joshua, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 3, God had promised them every place that the sole of the feet of the children feet touched, it was their land. But see, God had already promised that land to Edom. And he didn't want the children of Israel to feet to touch that land because if their feet had touched that land, that would have been their land. And he didn't want them to take that land. But the children of Israel did not know that. So that's why, they, that's why God, instead of leading them through Edom, that's why he led them around Edom. And by going around Edom, they got upset and became discouraged because God did not take them the way they wanted to go. And many times that's the way it is with us. When things don't go the way we feel they should go, don't go the way we think they should go, we have a tendency to get upset with God. Well, God, I don't think you're being fair here. I think you should have done it this way and not that way. I don't think you should have allowed me to go through this. I think you should have. It's okay for other people to go through things, but I don't think I need to go through stuff. I think I should take the shortcut through life. But you got to understand, there is no shortcut to success in life. And many times, that based upon the path that God has you on right now, your path is a little bit different from my path. Even though we start off together, even though we, we serve together, we worship together, we love God and all that good stuff, based upon the plans and the purpose God has for you, you're going to go through some stuff that I never go through. You're going to deal with some stuff that I will never deal with. And that's why sometimes people look at other people and say, well, I don't quite understand about this and about that. You're not, you won't understand it because that's not the path that God has you on, just like going to school. You won't understand, uh, uh, you know, being a, being a heart surgeon. A heart surgeon may not understand what a, what a mechanic has to go through. They're two different, even though they're, 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 they're going through college and everything, going through school, but their path and fields going to be different. So the things that God has you going through by the grace of God is going to be much different than what I'm going through. But guess what? If you stick with the path that God has you on, it's going to be well worth it to go through it because guess what? He's going to take you places and take you through stuff that's going to help you to get to where he wants you to go by the grace of God. And that's why it's so important for us to get through and get through this. you got to remember, God said, guess what? I am the way, the truth, and the life by the grace of God. And many times when we're going through this life or whatever, we have to remember, you are bought with a price. You're not your own once you get saved. And many times when people get saved, they still want to take over the driver's seat. But you got to remember, you're not in the driver's seat anymore. You're the co-pilot now. And so once you take over at the driver's seat, now you're taking over as a driver. Now you mess around and putting yourself in position. Now you can get yourself in trouble. And many times that's what happened to people. Instead of letting God lead and guide them and direct their path, guess what? They're in, the, they're in the driver's seat. And then when they run into trouble, then they want to blame God for it or whatever. But that's not, that, that's not where you need to be. 
if you're in a situation, if you're getting ready to do something by the grace of God, you should ask God, say, God, this is what I want to do. But God, now what would you have me to do? Remember when Paul got saved, when he was on Damascus Road, after he got saved and everything, what did he ask God? He said, God, what would thou what have me to do? In other words, he, he had already been on his path, his road, but now he wanted to make sure he got on the right road and make sure that God put him on the right road. And after he got on the right road, look what happened to his life. His life changed. This was bring you peace. This would bring you joy. This was bring you the blessings of God in your life. When you get on the right road and the right path and stay on the right path. And so many people today are not on the right path because they're doing their own thing. They're doing what they want to do and not what God wanted them to do. And when you do that, guess what? And when you get on that path, guess what? Even though things sometimes can be hell, it can be challenging. It can seem like you've totally missed it. But guess what? Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5 says this. I will never fail you or abandon you. That can be challenging sometimes. It seems as if sometimes you have totally missed it. How many of you have been doing things and going, going along and seem like you have totally missed it? And then all of a sudden, once you got through that maze or that cloud or whatever, and all of a sudden things clear up and everything changed. Just like driving. How many have been traveling on a road and all of a sudden, following direction or whatever, you know, based upon the instruction you got, man, this don't seem like the, I'm on the right road. But some down on the inside of you tells you, say, keep driving. Keep rolling. Don't but some also are telling you, you need to turn around. You need to turn around. But some are telling you also, don't turn around. Don't turn around. Then all of a sudden, you, by keep driving, you're finally coming to that, to that landmark that you feel that you need to run into, and all of a sudden things clear up. And that's the way it is with God. Some, sometimes you seem like you're going to miss it. You've missed it, but you've got to stay the course. Look at your neighbor says, stay the course. Go over there to the book of Proverbs. This is not a scripture that's uh, on overhead, but Proverbs chapter 4, I believe it is. Proverbs chapter 4. And this is one of the things that have gotten so many people into trouble is by... You know, just like black like men in school have taken a, taken a quiz, all of a sudden, you be, be looking at a multiple, uh, multiple um, choice question, and you got two possible questions there that seem like it's the answer. Then the, then the Holy Spirit is telling you to choose this answer. But also that Intuition and telling you, that, no, don't choose A, choose B. But somebody's telling you, you need to choose B. But guess what? You said, no, I'm going to choose A. And you need A because A is going to be the one that's going to help you pass that, <laughs> be able to give you that passing mark. Then all of a sudden, then, then, then the devil get on, on, on your shoulder and say, Mark B. No, B is the one. B is the one. B. Then you mark, what you do? You mark B. Then you go up there and get your, get your test graded. 
That'll be the only question. That'll be that one, that, that one answer that you need. And you knew for a fact you should have marked A, but guess what? You marked B, and you got it wrong. Because you remember back, back for those of you in the military, but back in Germany, that you, for the signs, I think you had 50 signs, you only could miss five. You have to at least, like, you have to at least make a 95. And on the, on, the, on the questions, you had 100 questions, you only could miss 10. You only could miss 10. So if you got, if you miss, like I say, 11 out of that 10, guess what? You got to do a retest. Matter of fact, I did a retest about twice. I'm not going to tell you that, but uh, Miss Miss Hiller went over there and did it one time and got an ace on it, whatever. So, and sometimes some of us take it about three or four times. But anyway, but in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs, Proverbs chapter four, it says this in verse 18, Proverbs 14. He said, "But the path of the just, as the shining light." So as you stay on the right path of of God, still in path. Things should not get confusing to you. It should get brighter by the grace of God. Things should become more clearer to you. In other words, where you are sort of like vacillating all over the place, not sure of this, not sure of that, things should be becoming much more clearer to you now than it was 10 or 15 years ago. It depends on how long you've been saved. And this is the way it is with God. In other words, it may be a little bit cloudy, but things should be much more clear now than it was five or six years ago. You should be able to figure out things much clearer. You should be able to talk to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I'm not sure. And this is one of the things that's so important as a believer is to getting familiar with the Holy Spirit. Because if you don't know something, don't understand something, only thing you got to do is not just being bullheaded and being stubborn. Back off of this situation. Look at your neighbor and say, back off of it. Get quiet and say, Lord, I don't know what I need to do here, but I need an answer here, what I need to do in this situation. Help me figure this out. And if you get still and get still long enough and get quiet, the Holy Spirit will tell you what you need to do. He'll tell you what you need to do. And we've talked about this many times. If you lose something, not, not sure where it's at, Say, so Lord, I know I've lost, I lost this item. I'm not sure where it's at, but show me where it's at. If you get still long enough and get out of confusion, he'll tell you exactly where it's at. Same thing with a problem. You got a problem you're trying to figure out. You got a situation you're trying to figure out. Don't allow yourself to get over, um, overwhelmed with it. Ask the Holy Spirit. Say, help me to figure this out. You're trying to work out a situation with a person or whatever. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it, but give me the words to say. And when you go to that person, meet that person, when that time comes, man, you go in there just like you practice that situation. You'll be amazed at yourself at things you say by the grace of God. And most of the time, if you listen to him, you'll get what you want without any problem by the grace of God. This is why it's so important is to stand on the path that God wants you to stay on and listen to the Holy Spirit and do what he tells you to do by the grace of God. That's why it's so important. But many times people don't do that. And, and, and also by listening to God and stand on that path that he has you on, 
you're going to run into some, some trouble. But when trouble comes, guess what? Remember what the Bible said in, in 1 John. You are an overcomer. You're going to overcome it. Nothing, listen to me, nothing overcomes you. Repeat after me. He said, nothing, regardless of what it is, regardless of how big it is, nothing overcomes me unless I allow it to. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm telling you, brother, that's true. Nothing overcomes you. Only way it can overcome you unless you give up, you quit, and start talking and start talking a bunch of foolish words. Well, it ain't gonna work. It, it worked for everybody else, but it won't work for me. That's foolishness. That's nonsense. You're an overcomer, and it will work for you by the grace of God. If you let God, if if you just stay or walk in obedience and stay obedient to God, it'll work by the grace of God. And most of the time when we, when we get discouraged, when things start to become discouraged to us, first thing we do is start complaining and start saying stuff that we shouldn't say. If you can't say nothing positive, don't do what? Don't say nothing at all by the grace of God. God want, want us to stay on the right course. And guess what? If you don't know which way to go, remember who is the way. Who is the way? Jesus said, I am the way. If you're not sure what to do, which direction you need to go, just ask Jesus. Jesus said, look, ask Jesus, Lord, I'm not sure what to do. Show me which direction I need to go. If you're trying to make a decision on something, regardless whether it's a bill or how to organize a bill, how to pay a bill or something, what you need to do first, ask God. Say, God, look, show me how to organize this stuff. Show me how to pay this stuff out and be able to do it in an expeditious manner. And if you listen to God and stay with the plan that God gives you, I guarantee you, you'll do it in an expeditious manner, and you'll walk that thing out by the grace of God without any trouble, without going in, without going and getting in more debt by the grace of God, if you listen to him. God is here to help you, not to put you in more debt and get you into more trouble. And that's why the scripture says he's a very present help in times of what? In times of trouble, in times of need. He wants to help you by the grace of God, but you got to listen to him. You got to listen to him and stay with the instruction once he give it to you by the grace of God. But if you don't do it, he can't help you. Go to um, Psalm 32 and verse 8 and verse 9. And see, one thing about God he knows everything. We think we know everything. Some of us do. Some of us think we know everything. Psalm 32 and verse 8 and 9. And the Living Bible said this. I will what? But now, in order for him to instruct you, you got to be, instru got to be teachable. But if you know it all, Ain't nothing he can do for you. He said, I will instruct you, says the Lord. Not only will I instruct you, but what else am I going to do for you? One translation said, I'm going to guide you or teach you. Now, you can't beat that type of instruction, okay? 
Not only am I going to instruct you and teach you, but I'm going to guide you. So that's right there within itself. That means within itself, you can't lose if you follow him, his instruction about it again. Guide you along what? Not just any path, but what? The best path. I'm not going to just put you out there just to be floundering around to waste time. But the, the route that I'm going to put your path I'm going to put you on is going to be the best. Now, listen to me. It's not going, it may not meet your specification. It may not meet your prerequisites. It may not meet your criteria. But this is the best path I feel best for you. Are you listening to me? And sometimes God's best path don't always meet our prerequisites. And when he put us on those paths like that, that are challenging to us, why is he doing that? Why is God doing this? He's doing that to teach us some things. Remember what he said a minute ago? He said, to instruct you and to guide you. He's teaching you some things. Because you got to remember, the things you're learning here is going to help you down the road there. It's not all about today. But remember, as you recall, as you remember here, we got tomorrow's coming. We got the next day is coming. We got next month is coming. Next year is coming. So all this stuff is leading up to something by the grace of God. The best path for your life. Then he said here, he said, I will advise you and watch your progress. Watch your progress. And then verse 9, it says this. Don't be like what? The senseless horse or mule. That has, that, ha, that has to have a bit in his mouth to keep it in line. Now, I don't know if you guys, a lot of you never been on a farm. Haven't been on a farm. Some of you have and some of you have not. They put this piece of, we call it a wire bit in this horse's mouth by yay long. And I think it's pretty, it's, it's, it's pretty hard. And believe it or not, as big as that horse is, that bit can control that entire horse. Control that horse. And this was this what God has said. He don't want to have to put that in your mouth to control you. And some people, some people today, he put that bit in their mouth to control them. Cut out of control. They're so out of control, he has to do that, keeping them blowing up everything and jacking up everything. And the reason why God do it, does this, know why he does this, look at, Psalm, uh, look at Isaiah 4 to 6.10. A lot of you know the scripture by heart. He knows the end before the beginning. That's why he does this. He knows the end before the beginning. He knows that you're going to jack it up before you even get started. He's go ahead and put the bit in your mouth from the beginning. Because he knows for a fact you're going to jack it up. 4 to 6.10. And that's why it's important when you're on your path, on this path of life, moving or whatever, things are going, going and you're dealing with stuff, how did you know, how did you know for a fact that you're on the right path? How do you know that? How can you know that you're on the right path? What are some of the signs that you can tell that you're on the right path? I'm going to share about five things with you this morning. How can you tell that some of the indicators that you're now, these are just a few of the things, and I'm not saying these are all the things, but just a few. How can you tell that you're on the right path? Number one, you don't lose your joy. 
When you're not on the right path, you lose your joy. You, you talk to people, they say they love God, things are going well or whatever, but deep down inside they have no joy. They have no joy, no peace. And in the book of James, James chapter 1 and verse 2, it says this. In the worldwide English New, New Testament says this. My brethren, be very happy when you're tested and having troubles of many kinds. Many people can't, are not happy when they're dealing with stuff. When you're dealing with stuff, you're unhappy. There's no joy. There's no peace. I mean, when, you, when things are going your way, everybody can laugh. Everybody, everybody can talk and got joy and peace. In the Amplified Version, it says this. It says this, consider it nothing but joy. My brethren and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials, when all hell is breaking loose, families out of control, budgeted out of control, bills are coming in, families out of control, be sure that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. Do you still have peace? That's the bottom line. That's when you know for a fact. Can you still talk about it? That's when you know you're on the right path. That don't mean you might not shed a tear. Just like sometimes when you know how can you know when you've been, um, when, when you've been, uh, have forgiven a person about a situation? Is there an indication that you have forgiven that person that situation? One of the ways you can tell, can you talk about it without breaking down? Can you hold a conversation about it? If you can't talk about it and can't discuss it, that means you still, there's still some residue. Look at your neighbor and say residue. There's still some things you, need, you still need to process. Still need to work through some things. And once you work through them things, listen to me. You can talk about it. There are so many ways through Christ that you can find out what you're working with, really, if you just listen to God. You don't have to assume anything. You can know by the grace of God. So number one is that how you can know that you're on the right path. Do you Have you lost your joy? Have you, have you lost your joy? You're not on the right path with God. Because God tells you to count it all joy. Counted what? Some joy. This is counted all joy. Listen to me. This, this stuff is not easy. People say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. No, I'm telling you. 
This is where the rubber meets the road at. This is where it's really true and what you believe. This ain't a Walmart religion here. Oh, no Dollar General religion. This is the real stuff. This is the real stuff. This is the stuff that when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they put them in the fire, this is the type of stuff that you have. And see, and this is where you want to be by the grace of God. You don't want to fake it until you make it. You want the real stuff. And God can get you there. God gives you what? The desires of your heart. If that's, if that's your heart desire, he'll give it to you. A lot of people are, are not ready for that. They don't want that. How did you know that you're on the right path? Point number two. You maintain your confidence with God. Because when some people, when you're going through stuff, dealing with stuff, first thing people do is give up on God. When people get upset, they quit God in a heartbeat. They divorce God just like they do a man or a woman, a husband and wife. They separate. I'm done. I'm gone. If you were God, then this would never happen. I can't trust in a God like that. He would never let that happen to me. I've been serving you for 40 years. And you let that happen to me? You took my child, you took my dad, took my mom. I prayed and you still took them? That's the way people feel. You call me anything, but you can call me gone. I'm done. Stick a fork at me. I'm done. If that's the type of God she is, I don't want nothing to do with you. Okay? They lose the confidence. Hebrews 10, 35, saying the Amplified Version says that. Do not, therefore, fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious Compensation of reward. Hey, let me tell you, you can run into some things that will make you just like an apple tree. It'll shake the apples on the tree. But if that apple is not connected to that vine, guess what? It come loose. It's gone. The next thing you know, it, that apple's on the ground. It's no longer connected. If you're not really connected to Jesus, when trials and stuff like that come, let me tell you, if Daniel had not been connected to Jesus, to the Lord, and they told him they could throw him in that lion's den, just look, hey, we're not talking about being thrown into a cat's den with a bunch of puppies. We're talking about throwing into a, a bunch of hungry lions then. 
but it hadn't been fed. And you still got confidence in God? Really? This is the type of stuff that's real. When, when everybody's giving up, everybody's walking out saying there's nothing else they can do, you still talking about holding on? Come on, somebody. Help me out. Huh? What are you still holding on to? They didn't say it ain't nothing else. You still holding on to what? What you holding on to? I got confidence that being fully persuaded that what he has promised, he's able to perform. That's not the type of stuff you just read. That's the type of stuff that happens in your heart. By the grace of God. Then the world translation reads like this. He said, don't stop believing God now. Your faith will bring you much reward. It'll bring you much reward. But see what happens is, the devil, when you get on that path of God, when you get to that path, he's doing everything he can to get you off of that path. You dare. You dare. Listen to me. You are there at that breakthrough. Look at your neighbor and say, breakthrough. But he don't want you to see that breakthrough. He's working overtime to make sure that that does not happen. Because guess what? If it does happen, that's building your confidence. He don't want that to happen by the grace of God. That's why you got to hold on. I'm giving in, but I'm not giving up. Not giving up by the grace of God. Point number three. How do you know you're on the right path? How do you know you're on the right path? Strange things. Look at your neighbor and say, strange things. What happened? You ever had any strange thing happen to you? Look at your neighbor and say, crazy stuff. Stuff out out in there. People start doing stuff that, shouldn't, that don't ordinarily do crazy stuff. Saying stuff that they shouldn't be saying. You start thinking stuff that you shouldn't be thinking. Yeah, crazy thoughts come. Strange things. And then on top of that, some fiery trial. Look at your neighbors at fiery trial. They fired it quick. All of a sudden. And you and, and the thing about those fire trials, you're already going through a low period. Look at your neighbors at low period. Then all of a sudden, these fiery trials come. My, my, my. They're not going to come when you just finish praising the Lord. When you're going through a high, they come on board when you saw a low. Going through a low, they'll come. Look at that fiery dot. 
And all of a sudden, guess what? You have to deal with it by the grace of God. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 12, it says this. It said, dear friends, said, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through. As if some strange things, some strange things were happening to you. Anybody having strange things happen to you? Things that don't know don't know ordinarily happen. People saying stuff that shouldn't be said. People doing stuff that shouldn't be saying doing. Worldwide translation said this. Worldwide English translation said this. It said, It said, Dear brethren, do not be surprised by the hard trouble like fire that comes to test you. Do not think some new things is happening to you. Because they're coming. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. And see, you got to remember that God always got your back. Look at your neighbor and say, God always got my back. I don't care what's going on. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how bad it looks. God always got my back. And, and you got always remember this. Always remember this. Regardless of how bad it looks, how bad it is, everything you're dealing with, look at your neighbor, everything I'm dealing with is only for a season. Thank you, Lord. Only for a season. Not years. Only for a season. But now, you need God's grace to help you get through that season. Amen? Think about God's mercy. What if he said, it's only for years? <laughs> no, he's only for a season. And then on top of that, 1 Corinthians 10 13 tells us that he knows how much to put on us and when to pull it back off of us. And see, you, you can't decide that. He knows when. He said, Lord, I've had all I can have, I can handle. He said, nope, just a little bit more. Getting close, not yet. Getting close. But when the time comes, have you ever noticed that going through different things in life, you can tell when you're going through different seasons? Can you, can you tell? Have you ever noticed your life like that? You, you can tell when you're going through seasons of joy. You can tell when you're going through seasons of sort of difficult, sort of like winter, when things are a little challenging for you. Uh, and then you can go through when things are not happening and whatever. Then you can tell when you're going through spring, when things are just flowing. You ever notice that in your life? Sometimes you just 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 tell. Then, man, sometimes, man, it's almost like, wow, everything is good. Those are seasons that God has for us by the grace of God. Point number four. 
How can you tell that God is, that you're on the right path? God always directs my path. He knows everything I'm doing. God always directs my path. He always directs my path. And what I mean by that in um, Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. Everything you go through, there's a reason for going through it. God is trying to develop you. He's developing you. He's not trying to pacify you. He's developing you because, remember, he got plans and purpose for each one of us. In order for those things to come to pass, he has to prepare us to work with us. And if you notice, if you sit down and just really spend some time with God, everything you've gone through over the years and months, you didn't like it. But if the truth be known and you be honest with yourself, you have benefited from everything you've gone through. If you think about it. And you really think about it as well, you are a better person now than you were then, a few years ago. Look where you are now compared to where you were five or ten years ago. Look what you're able to handle now than what you was able to handle five years ago. How did that happen? Because of the things that God took you through that has prepared you for what you've been through. And he's still preparing you for it now. And he's still preparing you for things for the future. That's why he got you on the path that he's walking you through. He's not just got you out there just floundering around. He's preparing you for greater things down the road. For the plans and purpose he has for you. He got you on that path. And on that path, he got assignments for you. That he's working in your life. That he wants you to accomplish by the grace of God. And those things that you're accomplishing or whatever is for your benefit. And those things that, you, that he's preparing you to do, that's teaching that you're being trained for, is going to help the whole body of Christ. It's not just about you. It's about the glory of God being, being manifested in, in your life for the kingdom of God by the grace of God. That's why David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Because, see, the most important thing is, even though you're walking, you're going through all the good stuff, guess what? I know that thou art with me. He's going to take care of me. I don't have to become discouraged. Regardless of what it look like, regardless of what it feel like, regardless of what I think, I don't have to become discouraged. Unless I allow myself to. I know all things, look at your neighbors, that all things are working together for my good. Are working together not for their good, but for my good.
Peace out when we like it. But they're working together for my good. And by just follow the plan and follow the process and stop fighting the process, stop resisting the process, and go along with the process, I'm going to be a better man and a better woman at the end of this whole thing by the grace of God. I think God got a great plan. What you think? Don't get discouraged because of the way. Don't get discouraged because of what you're having to go through. That's just part of the plan. And remember, the devil has no power over you. He cannot harm you unless you give him power to. He can't kill you unless you give him power to do it. He can't do it. And people run about talking about what the devil going to do, the devil going to do. The reason why the devil is doing what he's doing in the world, let me help you out, people are allowing him to do it. Reading all this chaos and killing that people are doing, people are, are yielding to the thoughts and the ideal that he's putting in their heads, and they're yielding to it. People are not bad. People are still good. What make people the bad? People are listening to bad thoughts. And listen to bad thoughts, you do bad things by the grace of God. When God created us, he created us to be good. He didn't create us to be bad by the, by the grace of God. So all this stuff about bad this and bad this, it's not about being. When you listen to bad things, you talk about bad things, you do bad things. By the grace of God. By nature, we're good people. Everybody's good. If they want to be good. But it's all about them, by the grace of God. This morning, if you have some needs this morning, something you want to pray about, want us to pray about something that you're dealing with this morning, whatever it may be, um, rededicate your life or whatever. Um, before we have communion, we'd like to do that, by the grace of God. But the most important thing is staying the course, not giving up, not quitting. And July Galatians said, let us not be weary in well-doing because we'll reap if we faint not by the grace of God. This is not time to, to give in and give out, but now it's time to continue to keep pressing, continue to seek God, becoming more and more the person that God wants you to be, created you to be. The best is yet to come, by the grace of God. Every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, search your heart and see where you are this morning. And ask God, say, God, is there anything in your heart that you need to clean up or need to get rid of? And this is your opportunity to do it. I don't have a heaven to put you in or a hell to put you in. Whatever you do is between you and God. We're just here as a representative of God. We're not this. Sh We're not Jesus. We're here to represent Jesus, by the grace of God. So if you feel that you need to pray about something and want us to stand in agreement with you something about something this morning, I ask you to come up and we'll pray with you. Amen. Is anybody? Praise God.